Welcome, everyone, to the A Better Way to a Podcast. We are your hosts, Jordan, I'm Jordan, and Andrew. He's Andrew. And today we are here with Dan from Grizzly Medical. Thank you so much for coming on today, Dan. And I am super pumped to get to know you and explain to everybody in the A Better Way to a Verse what it is you do and what it is Grizzly Medical is. And how oh, yeah. Awesome all of that stuff goes together. <laughs> yeah so my background i was a medic in the u.s military went to iraq got a lot of experience in the field i came back and i was teaching at this place called the mystic center in fort Hood, texas and it was the place where all soldiers had to go to get their at the time it was called cls and I, it was combat lifesaver and i was there for the transition into what we know today as tccc tactical academy to combat care so I started teaching TCCC to soldiers who were deploying to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I did that for about two years before I got out. And, uh, you know, I had a great experience and that's kind of where I honed my craft of like teaching different people because, you know, just like anything else in the military, you get people from all walks of life, everything you can imagine. And so I had to learn how to teach to everybody, not just one type infantry or fucking cab scouts or this, that, other. I had to make it comprehensive for everybody. And then I started private military contracting. I was working in a country called Kosovo for 18 months. I was teaching pistol rifle and trauma medicine out there. And uh, when I got back to the U.S., I went back to Sac State in California to get my EMT for the second time. And then I was doing, you know, different security details and what really drove me to start my country was an incident that I, excuse me, my country, not yet. No, I'm just kidding. But my company. This is a coup. Is uh, <laughs> an incident that happened while I was working in a safe way. You know, I wasn't working in any kind of medical capacity or anything like that. Two people got stabbed out from where I worked. By the time I got out there, the first guy, he had passed away and I wasn't able to do anything. And then I was able to save the second guy using what I learned in the military and when the paramedics and the police and the EMTs, I actually, have, I mean, if, we, if you want to, we can go more in depth a little bit later. They hadn't seen, yeah, for sure. They hadn't seen the techniques that I had been using and actually got into an argument with the cop on the scene. Well, we'll talk about that if you want to. And no, we, yeah, arguing with cops, that's a fucking vibe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll talk about it more in depth and I can explain to you like what had happened more, you know. And I saved this guy's life. And then somebody goes, you know, we hadn't seen this stuff. And these are EMTs, paramedics, police departments, firefighters. And I was like, how is this new concept? So, you know, we've been doing this for years. And they were just telling me like, oh, tourniquets just got put on the streets. So yeah. up to that point, tourniquets weren't even available. Like it wasn't used by EMS. Uh, and then that's when I was like, fuck, dude, like I want to, teach people this stuff because one day what if it's me or someone i love in that parking lot you know and people are just standing around taking pictures and videos because that's what was happening and if you go on my instagram and you see the pictures and the videos like from that incident that's from somebody else taking that shit and it hurt me to my soul like that people in the u.s like would watch you die and just videotape it yeah in iraq when civilian incidents would happen people would stop and help and pick up their front, you know, just random people on the street and put them in a civilian vehicle, dripping blood to drive them to the next level of care. So that's why, I, you know, 
And that's my racket. And I would expect that to happen in the U.S. And it just didn't. And so yeah, I started my company. And then this guy messaged me. And he's like, I really believe what you're doing. He's like, have you ever seen Mr. Rogers? I'm like, yeah, I do. I love Mr. Rogers. And, you know, like, everyone does. They're fucking kids. Like, and he tells me the quote. And it's on my page today. You know, he says, when everything's going bad, look for the helpers. Like, the world's crazy. All you can do is look for the helpers. And so that's why I started my company is to create more helpers in the world. I want more people to be able to help people. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That fucks. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. man. I always thought it was strange that, you know, be, because, I, you know, I, I grew up, I don't know how, I don't know how old everyone is here, but like. 32. Yeah, so, so we're about the same age. Oh, we're all the same age, pretty much. But like when I was like aware of like emergency like trauma medical care tourniquets were already like a thing i guess as like a high school kid i didn't really think about it as like a college kid i didn't really think about it but by the time i was getting into that sort of thing it was like you know oh yeah you got like a massive hemorrhage you use a tourniquet that makes a lot of sense and it never occurred to me that the that like right before that the what they did was they just fucking let you bleed well, like if you can imagine, they would put like pressure anybody. on it. That was like the comment. yeah was pressure. But the thing is, I mean, have you ever seen Black Hawk Down? Right, veins and arteries are yeah. attacked. So even if I'm putting pressure on the what I assume is the right, wound, the arteries already attracted. Each one of our legs holds one liter of blood. So if I already put a liter and a half on the ground, and someone's holding pressure, that limb's going to swell, turn black and blue, and I'm going to bleed out internally. Well, not internally, but it's. Yeah, for that sure. leg's gonna swell, turn black and blue, and you're gonna technically die of some hypovolemic shock. One of the interesting things is I used to, like I said, teach infantry guys, and I don't know if you're familiar. But they're the guys that kind of eat rocks and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and that uh, was infantry. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> quadragger. I was a reservist though, so I, I only eat rocks one week in a month. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure you had cramps during the week, but uh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> so. I was teaching this class to the CLS, or excuse me, at the time, it was, it was transitioning to TCCC. And they're like, how does internal hemorrhaging kill you? Like, the blood's supposed to be in your body. And uh, I was like, well... Uh, time and place, though, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, so water's supposed to be in your house, right? And he's like, yeah. So if I go to your basement and crack a pipe and water's spilling out, is it going to be where it needs to be? I was like, the dumbest... The, the way I could bring it down to the lowest level. That makes total yeah. sense, though, like explaining yeah. it that way to someone. Yeah, so that was one of the funny ways we would do it. It was like, you know, yes, yeah, technically it's supposed to be inside you, but it just it has to be circulating. You know? It's not supposed to be everywhere. Inside yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's funny, man. You know, in my classes, I need to try and emphasize, man, do something. Even if someone, like, is beyond help, you know, at least be human. Just be there and hold them. Or at least don't let them die alone in the street. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, you know, it's interesting you say that because that's something that we've talked about at work a few times, or at least I've talked about with some of the medics who I've been on like fatal calls with. Um, they don't, you know, they don't teach you how to do that in school. They don't teach you how to talk to loved ones or, um, you know, upset members on the scene when somebody dies and that's something that as a result of that people forget to do um, I've not known what to do in certain situations like that so I feel like bringing that 
up in the beginning and being like, hey, like even if you can't do anything, just be like be a good person. I think that's well, yeah. something that's really overlooked. A hundred percent. And like I said, like when I was going through my EMS, when I was going through the military, they make it sound like you're going to save every person. And that the first time I experienced people dying and I wasn't able to do anything, like it was heavy, dude, because I'd never been, never been a thought in my mind. Uh, and then that incident, you know, like in war, things are different, right? Someone dies, someone passes away. You bring the body back. I don't talk to the family. I don't, you know, I don't get a chance to. And also they do like combo blackout where like they cut all the internet, they cut all the phone lines. There's no way you can speak to anyone back home when you lose somebody. So like, I have no chance to talk to any of their family or any of the side or the other. And that guy who passed away in the parking lot, the next day, his mom, his girlfriend, and their daughter came to my work to talk to me. And that was like the first time where I was like, dude. And they asked me, like, did my son die alone? And I didn't want to lie to him. And so I told him, like, no, there's people there. You know, somebody's with him when he passed. But I didn't want to tell her the truth. And it's fucking, people were just there with their phones. He was literally laying on the fucking ground. And there was a circle of people recording it. And, you know, I don't want to lie to her. You know, I can't lie to her. That's her kid. And that's, you know, the little girl, she was too young. She was, like, still, like, in pampers, you know. Yeah, what a question to ask amongst the, like, a baby child. I mean... I get it though, you know, this was their opportunity. And uh, yeah. So that's what I said. And I couldn't lie. I couldn't fucking just be like, oh no, there's people holding them. I just said, oh, there's people there. And that's, like I said, like, even when I was deployed, like, the first time I watched someone die, it was just uh, this young kid, you know, it was a suicide bombing. And, uh, this woman was holding them. I don't know who she was. I don't know who had the relation or anything like that. And I was trying to, we had these things called MRAPs and they have a ramp. And so like, I'm sitting in the back and I'm trying to lower the ramp. And then my platoon sergeant on the front, they have command of the controls and we raised it. That's not our mission. We have to go. And I was watching him pass away. At least somebody was there with him, you know, that's, you know, that's the scariest bridge you're ever going to cross in your life. You know, you know, fights are scary, shootouts are scary, all this shit's scary. But once you're on that bridge, you know, once you're losing your life, like that's to me, you know, that's the only thing that you kind of experience by yourself. No one can experience it with you. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Sorry to get heavy, yeah. dude. No, no, that's all right, man. <laughs> and so we're back, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's. That you know, we're no stranger to to serious topics on this show, obviously. But that's something that I really don't think people talk about enough, especially in emergency services or just regular people who are going to try to take some level of education to make them better at preventing that from happening. You know, sometimes that is going to happen, and when that does, you know, it pays to be a decent person about it. And. You know, I don't know if you talk to anyone who's taking my courses. One of the first things I tell people is, do you keep everything right and still leave somebody? And also, like, the flip side of that coin is you could fucking do everything wrong and fuck it all up and someone will survive. Yeah. You know, so I just yeah, let the human body's wild. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Percentages are company. much lower. I always tell people, just try. You know, you're, there's no yeah. reason you yeah. shouldn't. I mean, it, 
if you don't, they're going to pass away anyways. Anything you do at that point, like you're only trying to benefit them. Most state, most states do protect you from liability as like an like a like an affirmative. Good Samaritan laws. Good Samaritan laws. Yeah, as long as you don't do anything crazy. Yeah, right, like right, within your, reason. Yeah, exactly. Out of your you scope, know. which is if you're not trained, trying to do like uh, trying to crike somebody and cut a hole in their throat to stick a pen in because you saw it in a movie is going. How like how often does that happen? It just happened like, last year in like Pennsylvania. Some guy was choking on a hot dog, and instead of doing the Heimlich maneuver, some guy started cutting his throat with a steak knife, trying to put something in there. Ah, no. Yep, and then he got sued. Like Did he live? No, hell no. Oh, he killed the dude. That oh, no. no. I wouldn't say he killed him, but he didn't contribute. Like, at the end of the day, he didn't do anything to help. He didn't do anything to help. You know, and also, I think, he may have contributed to the death in the sense of instead of doing the Heimlich or somebody like doing chest compressions and hopping that glizzy out, this dude was sitting on top of him freaking, you know, trying to cut his throat. Oh my God. Yeah. See, this is the problem with, with media and what people giving people their false expectations of what they're capable of doing for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, so that's a, everyone buys a gun and thinks they're John Wick. Um, I thought I was John Wayne, and that was until I found out he was a wild racist, and then I thought I was John Wick. Yeah, dude, because I would 100%, like, you kill my dog, dude, we're going to have issues, friend. Like, I love dude, my Dude, I have nightmares about that. I have nightmares about that. We had cops come to our house once when we weren't home. Oh, fuck that. Because our, oh, our, our burglar alarm went up. Burglar alarm. It's a burglar. I say, hey. Um, our security alarm went off, and... We weren't home, so the cops showed up, and they were like, do you want us to look through your house? And in my head, I'm like, fuck, no. I don't want them looking through my house. But I was like, if my wife gets home before I do, I want to know nobody's in our house. Yeah. So they did that, but the whole time they're doing it, I was like, I have two dogs. It's a Chihuahua and a Yorkie. They're, they will bark, but they are friendly. They will not bite you. And I'm like, these motherfuckers are going to shoot my dogs. They're going to shoot a Yorkie and a Chihuahua. And He's coming right for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of them was black, so his odds went way down. <laughs> but um, it's not funny. But yeah, so I don't remember where we were going with that, but that's a hell of a way to start a business, man. I yeah, think that is, uh, uh, you know, that's the goal of this whole company and everything I do. You know, I do a lot of free classes. You know, uh, you know, I went to Ukraine. I didn't make any, you know, money or anything like that. I'm just trying to help people as much as I can. If I have an opportunity, I'll go and help wherever I can. That's awesome. Yeah, I see that you're uh, you're crowdfunding right now for a Stop the Bleed tour. Is that what's that going to be like? You're going to go around and teach it multiple times to different groups of people. So actually, most of the time I do it in Stockton, California, and we'll host free classes. And it's probably I mean obviously it depends because like my courses are kind of resource heavy because when we teach you how to use tourniquets, you're using real tourniquets and that's easy because I can reuse those. But when I teach people wound packing, I'm using, you know, a shit ton of gauze or using a bunch of fake blood. One of the things that I love doing in my courses is called a blood pour. Well, I'll take five liters of blood and show it to you. And then I'll pour out what a fatal bleed looks like on the ground because most people you know, kind of don't 
realize like how little it takes for you to die. Yeah, and how what it looks like on the ground, it looks like way less. It looks like way more. It looks like way more. Not, oh, yeah. it does. It's fucking horrifying, you know? Weirdly enough, that was something. We didn't do that, but when I was taking uh, NRA instructor courses, that was one of the things that, that we went over was like an exercise you can do is, you know, measuring the amount of blood that you can lose before you pass out and just dump that out on the street and see what it looks like. Wait, like measuring it on yourself? No, just like a general, like you just get like the general amount. Cut yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm no, about to pass no, no, out. No, 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 no. Just, just like get, get like an amount of liquid that's like about that, that, I can't remember what it is, but, and then go dump it out and you look at it and just think about that. Oh, yeah. You just feel your mortality. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> to me, like, that's one of the most interesting things is like showing people that and just watching their eyes. You know, I can see a click when they're like, oh, I'm fucking learning something. And the blood that we use is from this company called True Clot. And it's literally the most realistic blood you can buy. It clocks on the ground and everything like that. So I can show people what an wow. arterial versus venous bleed looks like. And I can show this is what blood clotting looks like. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, they're a great company, dude. They helped me out a lot. Like when I went to Ukraine, they sent me just shit tons of stuff. They sent me like that's sick, man. They sent me like seven gallons of blood. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. We'll link them in the in the description for anyone in the medical profession that's looking for fake blood because that's cool to find a company that's down with all that and wants to support you. Yeah. So and makes a good product. Where are you taking the tour? Oh, so, uh, this you just explain this, Andrew. Well, no. Oh my God! I'm well, so I mean, sorry. that's like the three. Oh, okay. Never mind. Us. I take but back. We my also do in LA. I want to do it in more places, but obviously, as much as I wish I could just do it for free, like fucking it's guys, expensive. it depends on how much money he raises. Go donate right now. Yeah, you got a one thousand dollar goal on this on this GoFundMe. What? Where is that going to get you? Like, how many classes is that? Probably one or two. Because that's cool, though. I mean, like I said, I wish I could do more. But it's it's an eight hour day. It's not. It's just like one of those like yeah. two hour. Because yeah. I've taken the actual like stop the bleed classes and they're only get an hour and a half long. And I'm like, dude, this shit sucks. Do you ever get people like like fly you out and like host you to do stuff? Oh yeah, like, we have host, tons of groups. Uh, we we've had groups in all over the U.S. We have, that's how I got to Ukraine. Uh, was was a group that contacted cool. us. Uh, but Dallas has been one of our consistent. You know, Greech that con that funds me and comes out there. Da Dallas, like city of Dallas. Yeah. Or like, no, like a group in Dallas. I don't think they want me to say. Oh, okay. All That's right. cool, man. That's awesome that you have people like that are willing to uh, to fund you. You know, because you obviously provide something great to the community. Otherwise, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, you know, and I was blessed enough to meet an individual who kind of believed in me enough to bring me out. And then once they seen the product and once they seen the course, they were, oh yeah, this is the realness. Because like I said, there's tons of people out there that have very irrelevant knowledge and they're not up to date. Like I'm constantly going to medical classes. I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I want my class to be the cutting edge. I want my class to be the most up to date, the most realistic to everyday life. Because just like when you see people like, oh, we're teaching CQB. Great. Do you have a four man fire team at your house? Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
No, like it's just going to be you. Like, so teaching certain things, in my opinion, is you know it's fun, it's great training, but how realistic? Well, is I it? take it. It could be a... one of those things that are like, it's. I feel like people think it's really cool and high speed to learn, but you're probably never going to need it. And if you do need it, you're probably going to die. Whereas like medical equipment, <laughs> medical training, is less sexy, but the likelihood that you are going to use it is I try and make it sexy, higher. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. If you get it through Grizzly Medical, it's sexy as fuck. Yeah. But most for most people it's not. Um and the likelihood that you're actually going to help someone with it is significantly higher than helping someone with CQB or ending up on the right. positive end of a house clearing event. Well, and you guys really kind of nailed it. You talk about like relevance of knowledge, right? So I, I took a four hour course called um improvised trauma medicine, improvised trauma care, something like that. But it was like how to pick somebody up, how to carry somebody, um, tourniquets, chest seals, and compression bandages is what we talked about. And I think that they I, they were going to talk about like packing wounds with gauze, but for some reason they didn't. Um, they like specifically omitted um, the, you know, the, the chest Needle decompression chest needles because they're like, there's no, like, you know, this is not. It's liability. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like, just like very basic stuff, but very in-depth on those like limited topics, you know? And I found that I should really take that class again, but well, come I take found my that really helpful. You'll understand. Yeah. Fuck yeah dude. My course that covers that is 16 hours because we yeah. go really in depth and we go really hands-on to me. Tourniquets are great, but a lot of areas where people are, you know, shot, injured or whatever are in junctional spaces. Like that hockey player recently who got his neck cut open and died in England. Yeah. You know, if you look at the old, there's an older video of that, like from the eighties, right? And this guy got his, the goalie got his neck sliced open. The guy who runs out, the team trainer happened to be a medic in Vietnam. And you know what he did? He ran out there and he put his finger in it. So we go over digital pressure. Nice. Yeah. Save the guy's life. And we go over proper. It's like that Kentucky ballistics guy. Yeah, he showed his damn thumb in it. I was at Shot Show in 2021 when he went there, and he was all fucked up, man. Like I seen that guy. Yeah, and also it's not just combat. Like how often, when you were a kid, did you need stitches? What am I? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, like it's because people like kind of get that stuck in their head, like oh, combat medicine. I'm like, nah, dude, like. One of my buddies, he has two boys, and they're running their house playing horse, you know, just fucking being little dickheads. You know, as kids. Oh, do. yeah, I know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and his, one of the guys, he shoved his brother, his younger brother, and he fell through a plate glass window and cut his, put his artery in his arm. And the dad's like, yeah, I put a tourniquet on. I was able to put pressure. We got him to the hospital. He was fine. But like, I couldn't imagine what would have happened if I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, that's not a situation that you want to be ignorant in. Yeah, and if you carry a gun and helpless. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh I have this horrible story. I don't know if you want to hear it, but tell us. We always want to hear horrible stories. We're we're trauma junkies here. But yeah, we're first macabre. Oh I give myself nightmares. Yeah, yeah same. I was about to ruin it for you. <laughs> so uh, when I was in high school we had this thing called the sophomore curse. Everyone every year a sophomore would die. So this kid I lived in like rural California and there's a place it's called Calaveras 
And so there's a place called West Point, and it's like an hour from the nearest hospital. This kid broke his arm. The family brings him to the doctor. They set it. They cast it. Everything, or they don't cast it, but you know they wrap it up and everything like that. Get him sent. And they give him some Vicodin to take home. He gets up the mountain. He's not in pain. When he gets home, he starts getting pain. They take. He takes the Vicodin. Finds out he's allergic to it. And so his parents are holding him in the back seat as his throat swells up, and he fucking dies from an allergic reaction. And it's like, I can't even imagine that, you know? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, pretty you know, awful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because that was, that was the first time he had ever taken Vicodin, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, waiting until you're that far away from, from anybody with epinephrine or anything that can help. That's yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so like being prepared and having, you know, ways to help your family. Like I said, it's not just shootouts. It's not just you know, mass casualty situation. It's just like everyday shit. I mean, how often do you guys drive past the accident, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was actually one of the questions that I had written down because I feel like it's pretty normal now to see terrible shit on the news. And you would think that with all the bad shit that we are force fed every day, people would have a healthier perspective on how realistic it could be that they might be the ones in that situation one day. Why is it that medical training outside of the gun community, even inside the gun community, you mean inside why, the gun why is it? Yeah, it's terrible. Why is it that people, that this isn't a more normal thing, do you think, for people? And why, why aren't more people getting this like basic level of knowledge to, to help themselves and their family in shitty situations? Well, because... Just like anything, you never think it's going to happen to you. I do shooting competitions, right? And if you shoot USPCA, USCCA, or IDPA, right? You can't have an IFACT on your gun belt. And That's so wild to me. Yeah, it's real. Wait, why Why can't... On your on your gun belt, you can't have an IFACT? Why? I don't Is that a know. performance enhancer? I don't... That I don't know. But I was like asking him, I was asking the guy who was like the... You know, the guy leading the event, like, why can't you have this? Well, because we don't think anything's going to happen. You know, everyone should be here, be proficient. I was like, cool, you know, whatever. And I was like, where's your medical equipment? He goes, well, we have it staged over here. And I'm like, cool. If someone gets shot through some more artery, it's not going to matter. Right. So the first stage that we shoot, this guy has a, the fuck is a CZ. And you know what a scoop draw is? Where you try and like scoop not it out of the fucking holster? Oh, so yeah. You inform your grip till the end, right? This dude fucking goes like this and flings it across the range, and the shit's flipping through the air, and I'm just sitting there, oh my fucking God. Holy shit. Yeah, right off the rip. And I was like, that could have been a fucking fatal accident. And, you know, I keep, the thing is, I don't change my loadout. I just take the penalties. Because each time there's an item that's not where it's supposed to be, it's like a 15 second penalty. So I just run my shit. But it's one of those things of, I don't know if you've taken like any CCW classes or anything like that. And, you know, you ask somebody, hey, what do you think your scenario is going to be? Like, where are you going to do this? And you say, oh, well, I'm going to parking lot. Someone's robbing me. Or I see a shooting and I go to react. I pull my gun out. I shoot the guy. I put him down. And I'm like, cool. So you put him down. Now what? He's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to clear and make sure there's no other threats. And then I'm going to holster my gun. I'm like, cool. What if you're hit? And I can see them just, yeah. Run. What do you mean? I'm never going to get hit. Like, what if they shoot back at you, motherfucker? 
Yeah. And that's like I said, like in everyone's mind, you're John Wick. Everyone's has that thing of I'm gonna fucking win this fight and like John I, Wick gets shot. He gets shot plenty of times. He gets shot a lot. Yeah, like he gets lit up. And that's what I tell people. Like if you carry a gun or a knife or any kind of self defense tool and you don't have medical equipment, you're not prepared for that situation. Yeah. That is that is a hell of an understatement for sure. Yeah, because uh, at the end of my classes, like at the end of 16 hours of training, we do a trauma link where we put you in a scenario and you have to figure it out. You have to work through it, right? And at the end of it, I bring the whole class together and I'm like, okay, cool. So imagine I didn't give you tourniquets and you had to improvise tourniquets on the spot or you had to improvise a chest seal. How do you think that lane would have went? And I can see everyone's face kind of turned down like, fuck. And that's my favorite thing as an instructor is I'll bump into people who took my classes years ago and they'll have a little sandy pack or they'll have an ankle ice pack or they'll have like medical oh, yeah. equipment. And I'm like, you know, to me, that's what it's about. If I can get one person to carry medical, like I've done my job. That was, it's funny. We're going, we're bumping right into all these questions here, yeah. which, which is super convenient for the people who are listening who want information. Um, but we actually had a Patreon supporter asked this question, wants to know what's the minimum amount of, this is from Hunter, so thanks Hunter, what's the minimum amount of medical someone should be carrying around with them? Because we hear different things from different people. Some people want you to carry Whole an entire thing. IFAC on your belt, Not and possible. nobody's going to do that. No one's going to do it. But, you know, a, a tourniquet's better than nothing, but what, do you, what would you suggest is the minimum to either carry on you or to at least have within reach? To me... The minimum, it's very small and compact. And I make it, like I said, in one of these classes where you check my Instagram, you see my packing list is. To me, the top four is the most important. I want you to carry a tourniquet, TCCC approved tourniquet, gloves for your own protection and their protection, a hemostatic dressing, and regular gauze. And literally, hemostatic dressing, regular gauze, and a tourniquet is like the size of your wallet. They pack very flat nowadays. Yeah. It's not like I'm asking you to carry a whole fucking ice pack. But the key to this is having proper training because these tools, when properly utilized, can save a lot of lives. But just like anything else, because I carry a pen every day, it doesn't make me a fucking artist. My handwriting is awful. Yeah, good point. Know? So having that stuff is half of the equation. The other half is having the knowledge how to use it. And part of that knowledge is how many limbs do we have? Four. Right. For most of us. Most of us. Even, you know, even my friends who have no legs, right? They still have like stumps and shit. Like they can still. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So how many tourniquets could one person use potentially? Eight. Because some people may need two tourniquets on one limb. To yeah. Bleed, right? So if I'm carrying, I only carry one tourniquet, but I have the knowledge of how to improvise a tourniquet. Yeah. Right. And if you're with your buddies and everybody has a tourniquet, that's multiple tourniquets yeah. for one person. Oh, yeah. Like me and my friends, before we go out, we'll just do a buddy check. We're just like, hey, man, what you got? Oh, I got a gun. I got a knife. I got medical. Cool. What do you have? Oh, I have pepper spray. I have a tourniquet. Cool. Just so when we go out, everyone knows what everyone has. So like, yeah, yeah. You know, I know some shit's going down or anything crazy happens. I can say, hey, John, come with me. We're going to run medical. YouTube pull security. And it's not paranoid. Like, all my friends are in the same boat. We're all a bunch of fucking weirdos. 
Yeah. It's nice to have a group of guys like that who who get you at least, so you're not you don't feel like a weirdo even if you know you're the only one that's right. Yeah, and my wife she carries a gun. And I have medical equipment everywhere she goes. She carries a big old gun too. She carries a seventeen. Nice, oh, dude. Yeah, was a. I was. Oh, she has an X three hundred light on it. Spare mag. She has two hemostatics, two tourniquets, two chest seals, gauze, tape, gloves, and it just fits in her purse like nothing. You must feel this so is, safe. yeah. I, <laughs> I listen. I can't complain because I don't carry a purse, so I don't know what women tend to use them for. But I've seen a lot of useless shit in in women's purses before. Oh yeah, that they can't use in a bad situation before. I feel like that is the first time I've actually heard, and I'm sure she's not the only one out there. So before oh, any no. of the ladies listen and get pissed off at me, I'm sure some people are more prepared than the most that I've been in contact with. But that's that sounds like someone who's actually thought about the stuff they've put in their purse and not just used it as a catch all for chapstick and mints. I carry a fanny pack. I'm famous for my fanny pack. Uh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I put a gun in my fanny pack, though. If you give me a second, I can just go grab it. Yeah. Go get it. Go I'll for it. I'll be back in a second. I take lives with my fanny pack. I don't protect them. I'm not a, yeah, I don't protect people with my fanny pack. I, Do you think Dan turned off his camera when he stood up because he's not wearing pants and he doesn't want us to know? Maybe. I think it's very realistic. I've done that before. I gave testimony against some legislation at the state level. I was only wearing a suit top with a shirt and tie. I was not wearing pants. Yeah, but you had underwear on, though. You didn't have, like, cock and balls hanging out. You don't know that. You're right, I know. If I'm in my own house, who cares? I had underwear I on. Oh, dude. House fight motherfuckers like Winnie the Pooh. I have my dick out and my shirt on and gun in the hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I just, I thought um, I laughed at that and then the image hit me and it was yeah. like worse. That's horrifying. Like Winnie the Pooh. That's, that is miserable. Yeah. You got it because you know that person's going to take a hot second and be like, is that guy wearing pants? Nope. That's a dick. That, and by that time, you're on top of him. You're full mount and oh, you're just. Yeah beating the shit out of him with your balls resting on his stomach. But here's my thing. And I'm not like, I'm not like mega well endowed. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty average. You had to use that word there. Mega. Yeah. Mega. mega. Well I'm not super big. I got, um, maybe on the small side of regular, but you know, even then, if I don't have underwear speaking, on, we all probably do. Yeah. If I don't have underwear on, it's like getting in the way. You know what I mean? Do you, what you have to do before you get to the door, before you get to the door, you got to chub it up. So that way they're scared. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right, dude. You do you have a, fluff. you have a tactical fluffer? You have a tactical fluffer ready for like when you're about wide, to do dude. CQB. You just got like something. You just got like a little mini, a little like weird. a <laughs> one of those like shoe buffers. Those yeah. shoe buffers, but you got it at like dick level just to run it real quick right before you leave and clear out your house. Yeah. No, you got that, to Dirk Diggler and be like, I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a great big star. Yes. Dude, can you imagine the only thing worse than the guy running at you like Winnie the Pooh with a flaccid dick is a dude running at you full cocked, ready to no, go. No, I'd say half chub is worse Just than full cocked. Really? Yeah, I'd say if he's got like a raging boner, you know, I don't know. There's something about the half chub that's like more uncomfortable to because me. Because he's, he's working up to it. Like he's just starting to get. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's not he's not aroused yet. And so you're like, where, what, you know, and what's my role in this? I'd be way more terrified of somebody who got an instant erection at the thought of somebody breaking into their house. If I was that 
house burglar if I was that 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 I criminal? They were already like spanking it though. You don't know that though. I don't have time to think to assume that if I'm on the receiving end of that tactical boner. I think tactical boner <laughs> should be a class. I think it should be absolutely. I see butt ass naked, so I'm gonna slap it a couple times and then hit the door. <laughs> Just slap the shit out of it. If I see a butt, I'm gonna slap it. Those are the rules. You walk into my house. If I put holes in you, I'm going to use them. Oh, Oh, Dad, no. That's going to be the teaser for the episode right there. If I put holes in you, I'm going to use them. I carry a 10 mil, friend. (laughs) I need a Magnum gun because I got a Magnum dong. Yeah. So, yeah, this is my famous fanny pack. (laughs) No, the reason I say that I thought it was a joke. Like you said, my wedding pictures, I wear everywhere. Yeah. And that's awesome. I was doing security for some country singer named Morgan Wallen. And uh, people started messaging me like, hey, were you doing security? And like, how'd you know it was me? Because there's a fucking fanny pack on stage. And you're the only person I know. Who <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, not going to lie, fanny packs have made a comeback. And there is... You don't have to explain yourself if you're wearing one and carrying good shit in it because they're in again. Yeah, dude. And also it just makes it easy because one of my friends, he EDCs two guns and nice fucking medical equipment, right? So we're like, oh, let's go grab some food. It takes him 15 minutes to pull the shit in his pockets. I'm like, fucking shit, dude. Like, I'm getting sober. Like, I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah. He's like, oh, I gotta put my gun here, and I gotta put my ankle guard, and I gotta put my ankle eye sack, and then I gotta put these two knives here, and then I put one in my belt, and I'm like, dude, oh my fucking God. John Wick. I just Jesus put this Christ, shit on Jason and I go about my day, dude. That's so, so cool, man. Yeah, what I have in here, I'll go over it for a second here. Just a very simple, like I said, number one thing, tourniquet. So I use a ratchet tourniquet. I use this called a T, TX2 made by a company called RevMed. Very simple to use. And I like it because people who have disabilities can use it when, you know, like older people, younger people who may not have the dexterity or the strength to turn the cat tourniquet, they can use this. Oh. One of my friends, he's paralyzed on the left side of his body. And so when he comes to my classes, I make him use his left hand to put a tourniquet on because you know, the world's not nice. No one's going to take it easy on you. And he carries yeah. one of these now. And he's able to use it. He's able to smack it and make it ratchet. So you hit it and it, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah and it ratchets down. That's all it is. Awesome. A ratchet strap. I've never, so I've never heard of that tourniquet before. How, like, how widespread are those being used? Why, why aren't those more mainstream? These are TCCC approved. They're approved by the U.S. military. The thing is, the reason why the U.S. military doesn't use them is because they're expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's So that's why they go with the cats. Yeah. What are they in comparison to the cat? Almost double. Because the cat's like 35, and this one's like 50. Okay. So. Yeah, but you figure for somebody who's concerned that they might not be able to operate a cat because of a disability or because of lack of strength or something, that's a a serious contender right there. Or if you get shot or whatever, that guy who I was working on, he got cut from here down to his elbow and the guy cut the nerve bundle. He cut him so deep. So the guy is still paralyzed on that side of it, on his right side of his body. So, yeah. Wow. 
Yikes. Or, I mean, imagine falling and breaking your arm or something like that. You have an open fracture and I can't use it. Or I have, you know, whatever's going on. Under stress, it's way easier, in my opinion. I, but I still love cat tourniquets. Like, that's my bread and butter. I always recommend them to everybody. Yeah. And they're inside of this bad boy. Let's see what I got. So, two chest heels. They pack flat. Like I said, if you carry this, I'll show you what's inside this in a second. It's just a little thrower. It's two chest heels and this. Look how small that is. It's just yeah, a it's wallet. not bad. It's not bad. Inside here, I have two pairs of gloves. I have two hemostatic dressings. I have two regular gauzes. And I have a hypothermia blanket. Sick. And then it has some other stuff. Yeah, and all that. You know, you just fit this big. You've seen it. Like, For those listening at home, not watching this, it's uh, it's like the size of a wallet. No, I'm good. You're good. The video will be out, too. Okay. Inside my fanny pack, I have level three body armor, soft armor, just because when I teach my self-defense classes, I teach people to shoot people in the pelvis. So I don't want that karma to come back home. That is, I'm a guy that one time that, that has to use that, and, you know, you'll be happy it was there for sure. Oh, no, probably not, dude, because my balls and penis are probably going to explode, but I'm not going to It's better than having a shattered pelvis and bleeding out from a crazy-ass wound. I would would trade my dick for my life. Oh, yeah. I'd trade my dick for my life any day. Well, also, like, with surgeries nowadays, I feel like they can add a few feet. Yeah. I'm just going to have them take my forearm and then turn it into my penis. (laughs) It sucks that you lost your arm. Well, no, I didn't lose my arm. I lost my dick, but it was a worthy sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now hold on. If you so if you traded your forearm for your dick, would you reattach your hand at your elbow so there was like a little stumpy hand? Do you keep your hand at your dick? I still play Call of Duty. I still play Call of Duty like this, dude. True, but you could also play Call of Duty if your hand was at the tip of your dick. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not in like, public. Yeah, as I say, not in public, and it'd kind of be. <laughs> <laughs> you end up on a list somewhere. Yeah. And yeah, you know, a very the... specific list. You guys know what these are? Here, see what these are. Uh, you mean Sony is? Oh, why? Why do you have that? No. Why do no. you know what it is? Uh, I had the internet growing up, and yeah, it ruined my life. Covering porn that <laughs> was left alone in my adolescence with the so internet. You, you ever read Chuck Palahniuk? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's where. Anyways, but so I have fat figures, right? So certain gunshot wounds, my fans won't be my fingers won't be able to fit. So, or if the bone is shattered, I won't want to stick my finger there because live bone is very sharp. Oh. So now I have these tools. This one is a nine millimeter, ten millimeter, and then this one's a twenty eighteen to twenty two. So then I can still Wow. So you can use that. Yeah. To pack wound tracks. This is all stuff that I would never think to carry. Yeah, but the fun part is, is like when I go through TSA and they're like, "What are these for?" I'm like, "My dick," and they just let me get. Uh, you know what that's for, TSA boy. <laughs> Seen those would before? Would you like me to show you? Can yeah. you bring those on a plane? Yeah, actually, because they're blunted. Ah, uh, interesting. Well, I mean, you could literally bring netting needles on a plane. Yeah, that's so wild to me. I mean, I think you should be able to bring way more on a plane than you can. But I, I say this as somebody who just. Took a bunch of plane rides and uh, like had to dump out my water 
and things like that because I forgot that it yeah. wasn't full or I forgot that it wasn't empty. I know. There's so many things that. I could tell you, but I don't want to say it here. We can talk about it offline. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> about all that fun stuff and like the things I was able to carry through TSA and overseas and stuff where I'm like, are you fucking oh, yeah. kidding me? Yeah, I'm sure. One of the best things is, I don't know if you heard of Necromaker oh. on Instagram. Great guy. But he makes these Sharpies that are, he takes the Sharpies, pulls them apart, and he puts G10 through the whole thing. So it's a non-metallic polymer resin. Yeah, he calls them stabbies. And I can't tell you how many places I've flown with those things. I've never had an issue. Uh, I'm sure, because they probably look at it and they're like, oh, it's a Sharpie, clearly. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that's so fucking base, dude. I love G10 stabby tools. I'm like a, I'm such a fucking slut for those. Oh yeah. Black triangle. Oh dude. Yeah. Me and black triangle. We're going to do a class with Necromaker in Virginia. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's sick. In Virginia win. It just fell through. Now you said like, oh, boo. I'm trying Damn to it. get people to start training, but a lot of times it's hard to fill classes because like, yeah. we're talking about medical is not as sexy as fucking, oh, I'm going Shoot everybody! I'm like, all right, dude. You can think that, but the reality of situations, like, you can look at civilian shootings, and how often are you engaging more than one person? If you are, you're probably the fucking shooter. What the fuck? Oh, that's a. That, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> in which case, medical doesn't matter to you because you don't. Yeah, walk, you're you know, you're on a one way trip. Yeah. Um, that's uh, oh, that's that's lame. If you guys ever do that again. Uh, let us know. We'll we'll put it out there and try to get you guys to fill classes if we're not gonna go ourselves. Hell yeah, yeah. Let us like uh, we're doing classes. Well, I'll, I'll plug it at the end uh, where we're going. Stay tuned to the end of the show to figure out yeah. when he's doing classes. Yeah, we're doing some. Don't class. skip. Listen to the Listen show to the and then fucking then, show. Yeah. God damn, just, it. God damn it. God damn it. But yeah, like as far as like medical equipment, those top four, I think you can do a lot with. Uh, one thing I always tell people is carry tape on a lighter. Like if you're a smoker, even if you're not, it's a great tool. You know, just take a lighter and just wrap a bunch of duct tape around it, and you can improvise a lot of things. And also, in like emergency scenarios, you can use the tape to tape one-way doors, so that way you can move in between or let EMS in through a back door without having to fucking be there. Um, yeah. It's so fucking smart. That's like the kind of thing that you would only know if like you had had that problem before. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, working at EMS, you probably have had that one-way door fucking issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, because I'm fire, I have a pocket full of door chocks, but I don't I don't imagine everybody uh being able to carry six door chocks in their uh cargo pocket. Well, and also, I mean, even you guys, don't you have those little it's like a piece of plastic with two holes and you can stretch it around the door to hold it open? For one ways we we don't use them because we have because two by oh, fours are plentiful and we yeah we make door chocks out of them uh but those i've seen those used and those work great yeah i mean fucking piece of duct tape or if you want to go to the moves for free later oh my god no, i'm cheating yeah. <laughs> don't don't do that yeah exactly for legal reasons i can't tell you that's that's okay uh i can tell you that's okay <laughs> do it, do it. Steal movies. You want to? You want to go to Drake? You wouldn't download a gun, would you? Yes, I would. I would. 
<laughs> you wouldn't download a style. tourniquet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's funny that you mentioned that is in Ukraine, they were trying to work with 3D printed tourniquets and they just fucking snapped. Yeah, I saw a couple of videos. Man, I'm not, I don't know if I should name names, but I just saw a uh, big company got outed for selling not for selling uh cat imitation tourniquets and, oh yeah uh, there's plenty of them there's still companies out there fucking selling rat tourniquets yeah oh that's wild to me well you know rat is its own thing but when you're selling something that yeah, it's, it, it's like counterfeit yeah yeah this this company was like this is the style of tourniquet that i used when i was in the military yeah, and they were they were selling them for fifteen bucks, so that probably means they were getting them for four dollars off of Alibaba, and selling them as uh, cat tourniquets. But yeah, it's it's and, super shitty. Make sure that whenever you buy a tourniquet online, it says that it is a, it says which one it is. No, no, I'm just saying, verify, verify, verify. Like if you're doing that with like cheap red dots for your range toy, like whatever, I don't give a shit. You know, if you're selling, like, cheap radios or, like, cheap this, that, or the other thing, like, fine. But, like, life-saving equipment, I feel like there's, like, a moral imperative uh, to, to do better and not, like, misrepresent the capabilities of a, of a, of a shitty plastic product. If you don't mind, I'll do a little caveat off that. Um, do it. Don't buy any medical equipment off Amazon because North American Rescue yeah. is typically tells you any wholesaler, anyone who's selling the products, you cannot sell on Amazon for that specific reason. And what was happening when the beginning of when you when Ukraine first started kicking off, uh people who you know didn't know any better but meant well were buying these IFACs and sending them overseas. When I went there the second time I went to Kiev and I was working with one of their surgical teams and this guy had seventy six pictures of soldiers who died because they had faulty tourniquets. Wow. So, please, please, please spend the 35 bucks. I mean, I know I spend more than that on a night drinking. You know, yeah. get yourself a good tourniquet, man. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of investment. And like, I, you know, you don't have to buy the whole kit at once. You can just piece it together. And if you go to my Instagram page, it tells you what you need in order. Top four. And then if you can, you know, slowly start building the rest of it. Um, you know, like I'm saying, like I understand people right now is a fucking hard time for everybody, but just piece it together and I think it'll be worth it. Yeah. We uh not to not to plug us by any means, but uh that's why we went from the uh Abwax and mini Abwax, which we still have the former, um, to these bleeding control kits that are much more affordable for people because you know, it's it's a lot of nut for somebody to bite off to consider spending like 70 or 80 dollars on a on an ifac kit but you know 50 bucks and you get all the life-saving equipment that you need minus maybe some of the bells and whistles of like a hemostatic dressing versus a regular dressing and stuff is, is pretty you don't well, have to get it from is, us get it from someone is, is what get I'm it from me yes get it from me no i'm just, I'm hey, just get it from dan no i'm <laughs> kidding no but the the realistic thing is with proper wound packing, regular gauze can be just as effective as hemostatics. Yeah. It's all about proper technique and proper placement. And like when I see these videos of people teaching wound packing and they're just pushing it straight down, to me, I'm like, what, what are you doing, dude? Like, you're not helping anybody. So like we talked about, right? Like, let's talk about our brachial artery, right? I get it through and through. 
it cuts my artery here. It retracts up here. If I pack the gauze straight down, what am I doing? I'm creating a sponge, if anything, right? What I need yeah. to do is actually pack it into the arteries wound tract so I can stem it and create a dam up here. Yeah, that's not something that I, I feel like most people would think of unless they took a class specifically outlining that. I wonder where they could find one of those. Yeah, I mean, but there would be this website called like Grizzly Medical. If you could check it out. And also, uh, you guys met April. We did a whole online series. Yeah. Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, we did a whole online series with this company called Training Arena, where if you can't make it out to her class, uh, you can just go check that check out that website and they have the whole video broken down in the sections. That's awesome. That's so cool. We'll, uh, we'll link that also in the description. Yeah. My, my, my thing is that it's like, okay, so, you know, you, you've got these like techniques for how to like pack gauze, but like, how do you practice that on like a prosthetic? Like that, that's gotta be a pretty detailed, like, kind of kind of prosthetic to be able to simulate the the exact feel of like flash giving you know i don't know well yeah the reality is like i use what's called organic medium so as humanely sourced as i can get it i'll get a pork shoulder or a piece of meat with bone and flesh on top you know with the skin on it and i'll create a wound channel right and i'll put a so will create a wound channel <laughs> blast the thing that's fun it's fun actually it's pretty we talked probably about it offline but <laughs> we have a synthetic artery that we use and we'll place it through it and then we'll we'll either semi sever it or we'll sever the whole thing and then we'll have our students actually pack a wound channel and the purpose of it is so you get a chance to feel what it feels like actually packing flesh because what actually happens as you start packing you're putting a lot of pressure and it's going to start to give and you're going to feel it expand. And if you're using like a pool noodle or if you're using like a wound cube, I do use the wound cubes when I'm in areas where I cannot use organic medium or I have limited resources like when I was in Ukraine. But I like the organic medium so you can actually feel it because if you don't know what it feels like, you're going to think you're doing it wrong. You're going to think you're hurting the patient. But that's actually kind of what happens as you start putting that gauze down that wound track. It's going to start to expand. And it's a really interesting feeling. And sadly, I've had to do it a few times to the point where the purpose of it is I want you to feel it so you know you're doing it right. You're not doing it wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's it's like one of those, you know, it's, it's like doing uh, chest compressions on someone. You don't know what it feels like to do it right until you've done it. On a person, because even a mannequin. I mean, when you're simulating, yeah, you're just two, like cone, 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 yeah, cone, yeah. Cone. You're you're simulating two inches of travel that uh, on a mannequin that's springing up every single time, and you know you're not feeling crepitus or or bones breaking or anything like that. That's something that the first time you feel that, the first time I felt that, I was like, oh, I just killed the guy. Like that was my yeah. first thought. Was I just because in the movies I'm thinking I'm thinking of the uh, the scene from the thing. You ever watched that movie? Oh yeah, the new one, the old one. <laughs> Uh, the middle one, not the original black and white one, but the one from the eighties, uh, and not the new one, the John Carpenter, the John Carpenter one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't sure. know that. So I didn't know the original was black and white either. And apparently it's black and white. And then they made the John like, Carpenter oh, one. Oh shit. I thought the John Carpenter. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as good, but the one I where he's man. doing, he's, 
he goes to do CPR on the dude, and the dude's chest opens up and eats his arms off. Oh, yeah. I was like, ah, that's about, like, that's the first thought I had. Not maybe not the first thought, but that was a thought that I had where I was like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I just broke this dude's, like, chest wall, sternum, which you find out later is just like, no, the cartilage and everything cracking, that's normal. But you don't know that unless you do it and you get told, hey, that's normal. You don't know what a wound pack wound packing feels like until you do it and you know what that feels like yeah so in my courses i tried making it as realistic as possible i do everything in my power to to bring a sense of realism to the course and like i said i use the most high quality fake blood i used to make my own blood uh because i'm making my own blood right now well i mean like for my classes on screen on people (laughs) If I scream on blind people, people are going to freak the fuck out. Right? Oh, yeah, that's shit. not good. Oh, oh dude, no, dude. Well, the reason I do it, right? Use my blood. I'm like, relax, dude. I got tested two months ago. Uh, <laughs> the reason I do that is so you know what it feels like to try and put a tourniquet on that soaked in blood. Because it's slick. It's very slick. And then eventually it gets sticky. So now you have to deal with those two fucking things versus like, oh, I'm just putting a tourniquet on somebody's arm. There's nothing you know, that I have to deal with. Uh, but the reality is, like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I have my tourniquet soaked in blood while I'm trying to replace them, you know, because they're laying in a pool of this shit as I'm signing it up, what's happening? I'm dragging it through that shit. Um, and so, you know, I don't want them to be their first time in the field. You know what I mean? Like, imagine... You go to a, a boxing gym, right? And somebody just shows you a bunch of slides. He's like, all right, tomorrow night, you're going to go fight. What do you think it's going to be like the first time you get punched in the fucking face? Not good. You're going to be like, oh, the slides didn't say anything about me getting hit. <laughs> it didn't tell you how it was going to feel either. Yeah. And so that's why I try and give my courses. I try and give people an opportunity to under the most controlled circumstances, figure it out. So that way, and also I go over breathing. I go over like, hey man, make sure you're breathing and calming yourself down. Because if I'm an EMT, right? And I show up and I go like, oh, oh, oh. How are you going to feel? <laughs> Not uh, confident. Things you don't want to hear. Yeah. Versus, you know, somebody curving up and saying, Hey man, you're okay. I've seen this a thousand times. You're gonna be fine. I just need you to relax. This tourniquet's gonna hurt a little bit, and I make all my students feel a tourniquet so they can let them know, hey man, there's gonna be pressure. It's not gonna feel comfortable, but I need you to keep this on. It's gonna save your life. How's that feel versus the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what what is something that because I feel like this is a whole lot of you're not gonna know unless you experience it kind of thing. What is something that you think people either over or underestimate the most out of like medical emergencies, the training itself, or particular situations? So they overestimate how stressful it's going to be. Like, because I, I hear a lot of people like when I came to this class because they see my videos and like, you know, it's, it's intense. You know, they see people covered in blood, they see the screaming and stuff like that. But I'm like, I don't just throw you in the fight. We have 16 hours to get you prepared. By the time you get there, you're going to be the calm in the storm because that's what I need you to be. And as far as underestimating is like, oh, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to be able to use a, a belt to improvise the tourniquet. And I'm like, no, the fuck you're not. I promise you you're not. Especially if you have like a gun belt that's rigid. 
So when you place a tourniquet, right, you can take all the slack out and there's a little bit of pressure, right? What actually creates the pressure? When I start turning the windlass, when I start turning the handle, yeah. right? So if I have a rigid belt, I would need a six foot steel pole to, to turn that. And most likely I'm going to snap that fucking limb before I get any kind of circumferential pressure. I don't care if you deadlift 600 pounds, right? When you deadlift 600 pounds, how long can you hold it? Yeah, not long. Not long, right? You, you get it up and then you drop it and probably pass out. I did. I fucking, well, not 600 pounds, the most I, anyways, we'll talk about <laughs> that later, but I passed out. Right? <laughs> yeah. You don't need to broadcast your PRs. Yeah, I'm going to stretch. Yeah, dude, it's fucking, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's what I think. And also underestimate the fact that it can happen to you. That's one of the biggest things is like we were talking about, like, Everyone gets in these self-defense scenarios of carrying a knife or a gun, like, oh, I'm staff, shoot, do whatever, but nothing's going to happen to me. Well, guess what? You're responding to somebody. Most, Like I said, unless you're the attacker, you're not just walking around. Do you, you ever seen that Onion, Onion video of, like, the U.S. decided to just have everyone walk around with a gun pointing at each other's head? No, no. To, no. Ensure, <laughs> to ensure safety, we're having everyone just walk. I just like a video, and there's like a woman walking a baby in the stroller. She has a gun, and then there's like the mailman has a gun pointing at everyone's head. That's awesome. No, I have not seen that. Oh yeah, check it out, dude. The onion's hilarious. But that's not how it is, right? Like you don't just walk around with your gun out. No, you're responding to something. You're responding to a stimulus. You're responding to somebody attacking you. So what's most likely to happen? The gun, the guy that has the gun pointing at you. Is going to go off, or you are going to have a, even if you have a sub second draw, how fast is this? You know, and that's the reality that trying to tell people it's not like in those. I don't know if you ever been to those stupid ass NRA classes where they're like, there's oh, a yeah. guy across the parking lot. He's like, hey, get your watch. That's not fucking reality, dude. <laughs> if you watch any, I don't know if you watch Actors Self Protection or any of those. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Or uh, Ed Manifesto. Ed. Calderon. Yeah, he's cool as fuck. Oh, I've taken tons of classes. He's the one who taught me the tape trick. Yeah, all a lot of the dude, a lot of the stuff I learned is from Ed, man. If you, Eddie's a wild man. Yeah, yeah. If you ever get, he's got a crazy him, story. Oh, if you ever, oh, the donkey show. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad that I know what you're talking about, but no, I just meant his backstory in general. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> he'll tell the story i don't want to tell it that's awesome that's his story to tell um but uh are you se- are you perfect. setting me up the next time like if i ever go to his class and i ask him about a donkey show am i gonna be in trouble no he'll love it dude yeah you're gonna be in the donkey show no no that's deep cuts that's, like, that's how the donkey show starts like now is more professional that was before I had a better way to a. That was that was when I was following him on my personal page. Yeah, yeah. So I had a I had a great opportunity. I take five classes anytime I get a chance. I I tell everyone, dude, I'm I'm one of the biggest supporters. Oh, but anyway, sorry uh, to get off track. What the fuck were we talking about? We're used to it. We we do it all the time. Uh shit. Fuck, I don't know. Damn you, what, weed. What were we talking? I'm just Damn. <laughs> uh, um, underestimating and overestimating oh, yeah, things. Underestimating. Yeah, and that's the reality. Dude. You're responding. You're not out there fucking 
kicking in a door with a five-man fire team behind you where everyone is prepared for what's about to happen. Here's something. But like I said, it doesn't have to be tactical. It doesn't have to be a shooting. It doesn't have to be a knife fight. It can just be, you know, fucking drunk out of a bar falls on his glass or car accident or um, accident around the house. Dude, I dropped a, I tell the story all the time. I, I dropped a knife in the kitchen and I went like this with my foot to block it. And I was like, I pulled, my, <laughs> I pulled my foot back at the last second. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? It was muscle. It was like instinct. Yeah, because you know me, you drop something, you try and like. Yeah, you drop your phone, you try to hacky sack it or something to make sure it softens the, the fall. Yeah. And that can turn into a fucking big incident. My grandma, when I used to live in L.A., she slipped on the stair and she cut her cut her leg down to the bone. You know what I mean? Like, oof. Uh, she's a gangster about it. But my whole That's family cool. is freaking the fuck out. And I just walk up and I put some pressure on it and it was fine. You know? And it's just like accidents happen. It's not just fucking tactical. It's not just, uh, yeah. you know, mass shootings and mass stabbings. It can just be an accident. Yeah, for sure. I That's feel like, uh, People, people, when they cut their face, don't realize how much it's going to bleed, and they think because it bleeds a lot, they think it's a lot of blood, but when you see somebody with a face covered in blood, it's not always a high volume of blood, so it's not worth, like, freaking out about if you can just don't cover it. A, a lot of times, <laughs> yeah, if you put a neck tourniquet, it'll stop everything. You can do a neck tourniquet once. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're trying David Carradine yourself, please don't. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, hold on one second. We got to pause. I need to go make sure that my son's still in bed. I thought okay. I had to walk out. All right, I'll take a pause. Oh, take that would piece. be fun. All right, sounds good. Hey, guys, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are enjoying the show, believe it or not, get this. We have a Patreon where you can support the show directly. Everything that you give to the Patreon goes directly to the show. No weird shadow accounts. We're not funding any type of conflicts or intergalactic wars across the universe although that would be awesome it all goes back into the a better way to a podcast where we can give you a better product and help us feel better about ourselves as well and in return you get exclusive gear discount codes access to exclusive content advance notice on guests and the ability to ask them questions in a q a format essentially we will tell you who is coming on the show in the future, and you can send us your questions where you will have a chance to have them read on air to our guests and have them answered. Super cool. This is a brand new perk that we're adding for our patrons to get you guys involved with the show. We love hearing what you guys think, and you are what makes this show so great. So if you like the show and want to support us and get all of that cool stuff in return, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash a better way to a. Yeah, I just, uh, I was taking a piss. I was just thinking about, like, you ever been on the first date at a girl's house and you go to take a piss in their bathroom and you're just trying to pee as hard as you can? <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. What? This dude's packing. <laughs> is, there a, is there a correlation that I wasn't aware of there? No, this but, like, big dicks pee harder. I mean, I, I yeah. would imagine. 
She's like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. You ever just, I wouldn't know. What are you thinking? <laughs> Do you ever hold your hold your dick while you're peeing with all your fingers to just like see what it feels like? Just imagine what it would be like if you <laughs> like all your fingertips, <laughs> just the yeah. tips. You'd be interviewing me for my OnlyFans. <laughs> There's no way I'd be doing this, dude. Fuck saving lives. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, they had that one porn star who was like, uh, he was a cop, a fireman, a doctor. He was uh, Johnny Sins. Is that his name? Johnny Sins, yeah. The bald head. Salute that, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Man, he sold you, too, in one episode. Oh, yeah, he was a soldier. Thank you. I'm surprised. Dude, I so much. What an accomplished man. If you look at it, if you look at that porno's like comments, I guarantee there's some veteran in there being like, stolen valor. Stolen valor. This guy's a phony. This guy's a phony. <laughs> He's a big fat phony. Oh my God. All right. Did, uh, how do we get back into this? Did you want to go to the next question? All right. So we're back from Dan's pee break. And, uh, we have. No, no, we want to, we want to include that. So you just let them know I peed really hard. It was like super loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan's He's a, Dan's a super loud peer. Like a fucking typhoon. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. Um, I found my son. Everyone, he wasn't in bed, but I found him. That's fantastic. No really glad. I didn't know what you were holding up to your ear. I didn't realize that was a baby it's monitor. A baby monitor. Okay. Oh, I thought it was a personal it's massager. <laughs> yeah, it does look like it with a pocket clip. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, this guy's, what he's about to do on live stream? I was like, hey. On your ear. <laughs> no, it's not that kind of live stream. That's what I was like, oh, shit, we're about to start a... <laughs> OnlyFans? Uh, yeah, but we have to split <laughs> yeah. the profits three ways, so I don't know how profitable that's going to be, especially with us three. Yeah, but I anyway. don't want to see me. <laughs> I don't think three ways is fair. I'm the only one with vodka. Fair enough. You don't know what my hands are doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm chubby um, enough for a fight. Yeah, half chub, ready to go. You know, y- your hands could be a vibrator if you just move them really fast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan. Anyway, <laughs> do you have any examples? Do you have any examples of members of the public uh, saving people's lives? I mean, aside from yourself, because you were a member of the public, you still are, one could argue, a public member. Just um, ask the question. Yeah, Jordan. Uh, saving lives, like knowing because they knew how to do the proper thing during a medical emergency. Oh, yeah. Like you Actually, personally. Yeah, and some of my students and how to use it, sadly. Uh, it was a car accident. Um, do you guys remember the Boston bombing? Yeah. Uh, no, what was that? Boston in the U.S.? I think... Actually, that's funny that you say that. I don't know if there's other Bostons. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yes, Boston. Because there's a Palestine, Texas. There's a there's a Odessa. There Texas. is. There's a Lebanon, Texas. You know, like I'm like, oh. but uh, shit. Now that you mentioned, it, damn, I don't know. But anyways, yeah, Boston bombing. Right? There's that guy, cowboy hat guy. Uh, yes. He became real famous because he knew how to improvise tourniquets. And Wasn't he actually pinching an artery too? He did a bunch. Or was that a different guy? That may have been a different guy. Like that famous picture of him, like wheeling some guy out in a wheelchair, and he has an improvised tourniquet on the guy's leg, saved that guy's life. 
that's kind of a famous example. If you go to pretty much any mass shooting or mass casualty incident, there's always a story of somebody putting pressure or somebody helping somebody. Um, one of the most recent ones, I was actually in the class and one of my friends called me. Um, he runs this company called Workload. Uh, he sells like night vision goggles or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I get his emails. Oh, oh yeah. So you know the guy. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, it was crazy because he witnessed two incidents in one day. He was able to improvise a tourniquet from a video I made on Instagram and was able to help somebody. Holy shit. Yeah. And, um, the first guy had gone shot and he was trying to drive himself to the hospital and lost consciousness and crashed. And then as he was driving home from that, some old lady, her husband, I guess, were driving like with like a trailer behind it and flipped. And so he was able to go there and just kind of like keep him calm until EMS showed up. I'm like, damn, dude, like what are the What odds? a wild day. Yeah. Yeah. Twice in one day. And like for me personally, like that's fucking intense. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's one of those things in one day is intense. Never mind both. Both. Uh, yeah, and so he was able to help somebody from a video that he's seen on my Instagram, you know? Uh, and like I said, like, for me as an instructor, it's one of those things, like, it sucks that somebody, one of my students had to go through one of those experiences, but I'm glad they had the tools and the knowledge to be able to help somebody. Absolutely. That's one of those things that's like, you know, every every gun owner likes to say, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. But there are plenty of examples of actually needing medical knowledge and having it because they've taken the time to take the training. You're way more likely to need to know how to fix somebody up than you are to uh, need to know how to shoot somebody. Because one of my favorite things I'll ask in the class is how many people here have, uh, you know, shot and killed somebody, right? Very few. How many people have given out a Band-Aid? Everyone raises their hand. Yeah. You know, what's more realistic in, in your life? I know. Yeah, guys. Hopefully, I'm, not shooting people. Yeah, actually, one of my first pistol <laughs> yeah. shooters. Excuse me, one of my first pistol students. Uh, he's been in two shootouts and he's been successful, and was able to defend himself. Wow. Yeah. Hope the dude plays the lottery. Oh man, actually, you know, it's so funny. I should ask him. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things of. Like you said, having the knowledge, but he carries medical equipment with him everywhere he goes. Uh, and so it's like one of these things, like I said, like I hate hearing it, but I'm glad that he was able to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great. Yeah, that's not a experience that I want under under my belt, but I'm glad that he was able to uh, tell you about that for sure. Yeah, dude. He's, you know, and like I said, to this day, like, me and my students, like after a class, it's like a shared bonding experience. Like it's like shared suffering. We've all kind of been put in a stressful situation. Trauma bond. Yeah, no, yeah, that's kind of what it is. And I still talk to you know, I touch and talk to my students all the time. You know, I talk to people who took classes four years ago, five years ago, and uh, you know, they're thankful for it. Not like my favorite thing, like we talked about earlier, is like when I see some dude, he's like, I bump into him wherever. And uh, they have their fanny pack or they have, oh, dude, look at what I have in my pocket. Like, to me, I'm like, fuck, yeah. Like, you actually took something. Like yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely, man. So how do we get more people to do this stuff? You know, like, we keep saying it's not sexy. People don't do it. But how do we, 
even if we don't make it sexy, how do we normalize medical training for people, regardless of whether they own a gun or not? Uh, so for me, I've done it a couple ways. So I've done blended classes where it's, we have a class called Run the Blade, Stop the Bleed, where you learn how to defend yourself with the knife and you learn how to render self-aid. So that's one of the ways I've been able to do it. I've been working with this guy, Instructor Z in Tennessee, where we do a fight and face, where he shows people how to, you know, defend themselves empty hand to knife to gun. And then I teach the medical portion. We have a class called Cerberus, where it's me, Ryan from Field Works, and then Jared from ASD Concepts in the three-day course where we go over medical, counter-custody, situational awareness, and then using a knife to defend yourself. So I've been trying to trick people by making it sexy. And then we do, we're doing classes uh, with this company called Shot, where it's like a, a simulated shooting gallery where it's like 300, or I think it's like 180 degrees and you have to respond, you know, you run a CCW gun, it's fake, it's a fake gun. Well, I mean, but it's like the cold fire system where it has recoil and everything like that. Yeah. And then we have you work through a scenario and then we render self-aid or we render aid to somebody in the public. So we're, we're trying a bunch of different methods to try and trick. Yeah. For, for lack of a better word, fucking trick people into taking medical classes where now it's sexy. Now it's fucking cool. You can post it on your Instagram. That's awesome, man. That It's like getting a dog to take a swallow a pill by hiding it in peanut butter. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. No, that's what we're doing. But you know, because what happens is they take the course and they're like, damn dude, this medical shit is very, very important. And they see how important it is. And then most of the students come back for the two day straight medical course. Yeah. That's awesome. It's amazing how that works. It's like they get a taste for it and they realize they can use it and how useful it is and end up coming back. Yeah. Also, you know, it's like, the power over death and the power over life. Oh yeah. I mean, if you make holes, the duality, the of duality. It. No, that's what the we talked about. Of man. We show the flip side of the coin because it's sexy when you're shooting somebody or stabbing somebody. Like everyone's like, Oh, that's his tight. But then I show you the reality. <laughs> no, but that's I don't know what. what? <laughs> it's it's so sexy when you're stabbing somebody. That's like, no, it is. First thing I thought of, but you know Sorry, what I'm I just laughed about. out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like, everyone wants to know how to be like cool with a knife and cool with a gun for sure. Yeah. But then I show them videos. I show them what actually happens like, and I show them what happens if you get hurt. And now it kind of shows that flip side of that coin that you're talking about the duality of, yeah, it's easy to put holes in people. My favorite thing is I tell people, right, if I give you 20 seconds to squeeze out a tube of toothpaste, you think you'd be able to do it? And they're like, yeah, it's easy, right? Cool. If I gave you 20 seconds to put that toothpaste back in the fucking tube, do you think you'd be able to do it? <laughs> no. Hard no. no. Hard no, right? It's easy to hurt people. It's easy to fucking shoes. Not, I mean, obviously there's a lot of skill involved, but how many times do we see people who have no skill whatsoever take a gun and commit atrocities or take a knife and do something awful to somebody, right? A lot of stabbings. These guys don't take fucking classes. They pick up a knife. Prison, for instance, right? Do you think those guys are taking fucking classes? Nah, bro. They just have intent and they have a tool. So yeah. it's easy to hurt people. It's harder to, to protect lives, in my opinion. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right, man. I could not agree more. Also, how sick is that to like fucking like like 
fight someone like into fight by like injuring someone and then being like now I will help you survive. <laughs> to me that's a big flex. Like I have the power yeah. to oh, yeah. fucking hands. Oh you're not dying today, boy. Oh you're still gonna live through this. Boy, you're gonna tell the tale. That? You're gonna yeah. tell yeah. the tale of what I did you here. There were yeah, uh, you're uh, gonna tell all your friends not to come stab me. Yeah. There are a bunch of I'll examples like that of uh like in the Middle East. I know cops are supposed to do that kind of stuff after they after they shoot someone and to, to end the threat, they're supposed to render aid. But uh well, you know, I can they tell do you don't. a fun story. Not fun story, but like if you look at these police officers after these shootings, right? The thing that they're taught is CPR, right? They don't teach stop the bleed, they don't teach a lot of these courses. That's not what they have to do. So what do you think you're going to be doing if somebody's shot and you start compressing their heart? What's going to happen to the rest of whatever? Pushing the blood squeezing out. Squeezing all the blood out. Yeah, you're killing them. You're just wringing them out like a sponge. Yeah, you're finishing it. So you just they had a That's chance rough. of living. That's why I'm going to see these you know, videos of police shootings and they start doing chest compressions. I'm like, oh, they want this guy to die. But I don't, yeah. you know, like. Do, do they know? No, like I said. They don't. So, like, I talk to the police officers locally in California. A lot of the places I go, like, there's some police officers that come to my courses. And, you know, just like anyone else, like, just random people that show up. And uh, they're like, we never taught this in the academy. They tell me that the only thing that they have to do is be CPR certified. They don't take hemorrhage control. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially. Yeah, uh, that's. Your background, Jordan, you know? I'm yeah, we have our, our, the cops in our town are, I think they're EM, they're not EMTBs, they're, uh, they're, they're like, they're like below BLS, basic life support, uh, EMTs, they're, they're like, I don't even think they can give meds, they can't give Tylenol or, uh, I forget what it's called, it's different for every state, I think it used to be called EMTB yeah. in Connecticut, but they don't do that anymore. EMRs, maybe. Yeah, like emergency responder. Yeah, but they're Something not like taught. That. A lot of them aren't taught damage control. Like if you if you see these videos of police officers responding to shootings and they trying to put it on a tourniquet, you see them just fumble fuck it. Or the video oh, yeah. of the cop getting shot in his arm and his buddy's trying to put a tourniquet on and he puts it on the wrong, completely wrong way. You know, like I said. Yeah, that one. That one made me cringe. I think that guy lived. But yeah, uh, by, by an accident, like it wasn't. Yeah, but exactly. Sometimes you can do everything wrong and still win. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, like from earlier in the episode. You yeah, you see how I circled Full back circle. to that. Oh, look at that. Hope y'all were paying attention. That's why he's a professional. Uh, That's why I, I can pretend to be a professional. I play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but exactly that. You know, that guy lived. Not because that guy did anything. Um, and so we got to understand that. Who's coming to your aid? You know, who's going to be the first one on the scene? Some guy who's been up for 36 hours on a fucking ambulance. He's, you know, 19. Yeah. And like even- Which, to be fair, most of those guys have a way better chance of saving you than the cops who show up on scene. Oh, no, yeah, they're not going to save you. Because I've literally seen cops say, we're not medical certified, so we're not touching them. Uh, and, yeah, that blows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and when I was taking uh, the class in Sacramento at Sac State, which is a you know very renowned program, I 
was correcting the teacher. And she's like, do you want to teach this portion? And I'm like, fuck yeah. And so I go in and teach and she's like, all right, great job. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because, you know. Yeah, sometimes. Only... Yeah. So I, uh, speaking, speaking of people who don't know what they're talking about, um, do you ever see any, any cringe behavior from people who claim to be medical professionals or people in the gun community who, who swear by one thing, even though it's wrong? Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, things that need to die already. Like oh, rumors or, or shitty information that people purport. Oh, yeah. So one of my favorites is rat tourniquets. Uh, rat tourniquets are pieces of shit. Uh, they don't work. They're completely ineffective. And it's literally a rubber band. And if you soak that in blood, you're not going to get it on. And one of the biggest things is that, are, oh, one of those TCCC approves. Well, he actually got sued. So the guy who owned the rat turkey company, he bought another company whose initials were TCCC. And then he approved it himself. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's why when they first came out, they had TCCC approval stamps. But then they got sued, and they they had to pull it. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. That's wow, that is up. shitty. Oh yeah, he knew what he was doing. I mean, I knew the product sucked, but I didn't realize that. Well, yeah, and then people go, "Oh, well, that guy was special forces." And then if you look into his background, he was an engineer. He wasn't a medic. And so I'm like, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. No, and that's one of the biggest things. Or the other one is. My uncle and grandpa's cousin was in Vietnam and they used to carry tampons or my Navy SEAL uncle-in-law cousin brother carried the tampons. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah. But that wasn't for wound care, dude. That was for their manginas. <laughs> and one of the things I'm like, you know, if you talk to any woman, why do they have to change them? Because it they're not designed to stop hemorrhaging. They're designed for it to bleed through. You know? Yeah, and I don't know where that started. We call them like anecdotal stories where some guy somewhere used one one time. And like we talked about that cop that had the tourniquet on wrong. They happen to live and they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. This shit works. Yeah. That's a broken clock can be right twice a day. Oh, yeah. And like we talked about, you can do everything wrong and someone can still live. And then the other thing is people getting trained from people who aren't qualified. Not to, I don't want to talk down or, you know, discourage anyone from trying to help others or teach others how to use a tourniquet. Because after you take a class, you can show someone how to use a tourniquet in five minutes. You know, it's a very... Oh, shit. Oh, he's awake. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll be really quiet. <laughs> real quiet. No, you tipped me off. And two kids, like his life is pure chaos. He was sending me videos today of his... He brought his son to work with him and he's like, he's supposed to be going to sleep soon. But all he wants to do is play. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a wild day. We had a we had an active shooter and bomb threat at the high school next to where he goes to school. God oh, damn! And it just was like, it's just been a crazy day. And you're just a sleepy crazy. boy sometimes. We did a live our first. Well, in your defense, it was our first night in Vegas. It was your first night in Vegas, and I was like, "Hey, you want to do a live?" I fell asleep on. And the he was screen. like, "Yeah, dude." He fell asleep like head back on the back of the couch, mouth open. Just he looked so peaceful though, and he just fell asleep I'm in the pretty, middle of live. I was sure. like, 
All right, guys, it's time to I'm go. I'm pretty sure I was only asleep for a second this time. Yeah, but it was pretty was funny. Like, a... <laughs> yeah, you're like a cherub when you go to sleep. You're all cute. But uh... it's been said about me. That's not cherubic. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not cherubic at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, he was, he was out. It was pretty funny. Um, we've done it. We we were we had an episode once where we were both. It was just us two, um, we and we were taking falling turns asleep. falling asleep. It was like it was like two. It was like first first boyfriends in high school. Like no, you hang up first. You hang up first, and then you just end up staying on the phone until three in the morning, hearing the other person sleep by accident. You like you didn't get narcanned. It was oddly specific. Yeah. Just well, the only juice. person in here who knows how to use Narcan is me, and I, I was you, asleep. Does that give you a little goose, a little juice for your goose? No, not if you're not. I do. Do you ever read? So this is what I find funny. Do you ever read these police reports where they come up to like a car accident where the guy is like dead or dying they from from Narcan. massive traumatic hemorrhage? Yeah, and it says cop they gave him Narcan, <laughs> and you're like, why did you give him Narcan? And they're like, well, I just in case he was OD. Like, yeah. No, just in case, you know, he was missing both limbs and the top of his head, but I gave him Narcan. Just no, case. dude, this guy was underdosing on his blood. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to wake up and shield his death. I need him to be cautious. <laughs> yeah, that's the other oh thing. Like, the guy's like obviously a goner, and you think he might also be overdosing. So you're like, I'm going to fix one of these things. Well, Most of it is just that people don't know what to look for when looking for an overdose, so they think everything is an overdose, and they Narcan them because there's no contraindications to giving someone no Narcan. Like you can't hurt them with Narcan. Oh, so you can. Like, yeah, I give them. You if can. You, if you Narcan somebody you too put it much, in their butt. you give them uh, pulmonary edema, fluid builds up in their. Lungs. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That would. That's like that's oh, a that's lot, nice. though. Yeah. How, how much would you have to Narcan someone for that? Probably like five. <laughs> okay, we don't carry. We we have two, two. Yeah, that we common. carry with well, us. Well, you can get them in both nostrils, knock out that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get pulmonary edema from five Narcans. Well, so one of my buddies, he works EMS. He was working for the jail system, and this guy got beat the fuck up and was unconscious, and so he just kept hitting with Narcan for some reason, and the guy developed a super bad pulmonary edema. Holy shit. I've never heard of that before. 19 fucking bottles in our game. I'm just kidding. I don't know how much, but they hit him a lot. No, but that makes sense. I mean, that's you're you're injecting somebody's airway with fluid. So yeah. Uh I thought you were gonna tell me that there was like a medical contraindication, like like there was a like uh something that was going to interfere with it or something like that. But I um that makes total sense. We're usually not far ahead, if not far behind the medics so if they don't come to with two narcans or or maybe yeah. three they they hook them up to an iv and and give them iv narcan so uh yeah hopefully we never drown somebody in narcan that would be a bad day yeah holy shit uh, um but yeah like <laughs> you know get get trades from qualified people people who've done it in the field I'm not the only company out there. There's plenty of great medical companies. Uh, there's one in Idaho, J. Crow uh, Consulting. They do great courses. Um, in Portland, there's a guy who crashes medical. He does great classes out there. I go up to Portland, too. So it's you know, pick me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, 
but yeah, you know, look for people, vet your instructors, just like anything else. And, uh, you know, make sure they're current because somebody with special forces in the nineties, you know, fucking, unless they're keeping up to date, what relevant knowledge do they have? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just constantly changing. Yeah. It's one of the biggest things that I see is people taking classes from, from people who have high qualifications, you know, from, you know, way back when. And they're not current. And like they tell me about the stuff that they learned. And I'm like, uh, that shit was outdated in 2008, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's something that you're not really going to know unless you... That's why, you know, we even talk about it with firearms classes. You should be asking your instructor when the last time they took a class was. Yeah. I'm constantly going to classes. Like I said, the J. Crow guy, I flew out to Ohio to to get a my updated TCCC provider cert. We had two trauma surgeons uh, in the course, and I was able to ask all these great questions and also clear things up. And that's what I value. You know what I mean? Just having my course be the most up-to-date, comprehensive course that it can be. And I'm constantly talking to different providers. I'm constantly in touch with people in the field, in Ukraine, in different avenues, in different theaters to try and keep my knowledge the most up-to-date. Because... I tell you real personal, like if I give you wrong information and you, you know, kills, like somebody dies or, uh, whatever happens and it wasn't, I wasn't up to date on my stuff and you lost somebody and you have to deal with that the rest of your life or you lose your life with someone you care about, like that's going to sit on my conscience. Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame you, man. That is, that's a heavy responsibility to be teaching people that. And, uh, you know, that's. That's uh, that's one of the reasons I stopped teaching pistol permit classes was because I realized how little experience you actually needed to teach pistol permit classes. And I was very, I, I felt like I was very fluent in the curriculum that I was taught. But the problem is, is the curriculum yeah. is to the NRA standards and it only covers yeah. a certain amount. And you're not really yeah, allowed. about this with the YPT back in the day where it's like, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and I think we both had this experience where it's like, we're like, yeah, I know enough to teach people, and then, you know, in the wider firearms world, you realize, like, how much there is to learn before you before you can really start, like, imparting yeah. useful knowledge. Well, the problem was, it wasn't even just that, it was that I knew a lot of other, I knew much more stuff, but you're not allowed to teach them that in that class because you're not covered li- for liability when you're teaching them those things. So if you go out and tell them like, "Hey, these are the safety, uh, these are the these are the the safety rules of handling a firearm," and then uh, you know you add something to the end of that or something, and they some I I don't know I don't have a specific example right now, but if you teach them something that you know to be true, you like 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 how to how to twirl your guns without shooting yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, how you swear you weren't flagging yourself or anybody yes. else, even though it's on camera. Anyway. Hey, do you struggle to buy stuff from companies in the gun community that are not run by questionable human beings? Well, if you do, then we have good news for you. This episode's sponsor is Panther City Tactical, run by a guy named Zach. And Zach is a certifiable good dude. We met him for the first time in Vegas. If you go to his site, you can get weapon lights, a bunch of gear, kit, STAC pouches, medical. Go check it out. It's all recommended by him 
and you're supporting a small business run by a dude who's not a piece of shit. We celebrate companies like that in this community because for the longest time, they've been really hard to find. So go check out Panther City Tactical. We will link it in the description. All right, back to the show. Dan, I have a couple other questions. Um, okay. Well, at least one other question from a patron, Matt. Um, I mentioned this to you in the beginning, but he is an EMT. This this goes for, for a few different people, I'm sure, who are listening because you can apply this to other things. But uh, looking to rejoin his ambulance service, and uh, he said he was burnt out from overcommitment the last go-around, but he wants to make sure that he keeps his skills fresh um, and wants to know if you can recommend any strategies for preventing burnout and maintaining and or maintaining skills for someone in the EMS field. That's a great question. Uh, as far as like preventing burnout, I think that kind of ties into like PTSD or just some of the shit that you experienced. Um, and, you know, I've been working through that myself uh, for a while. Excuse me, like, one of the things that was the best thing for me is is creating a community. I'm going to classes and I meet other people who are like-minded. And I'm able to sit there and hang out and, like, decompress. And uh, get a chance to kind of take it off my chest and talk about things uh, that, you know, you can't talk about with the everyday person. Because you're talking about, like, oh, yeah, this guy's fucking, you know. He was in a car accident, got evaporated, and shot his head 500 feet back. And uh, it's hard to talk about that with your friends and family. Most of the time, they look at you like you're a psychopath. But, you know, if you find a group of people who's, like, in the same field, kind of have the same vibe, you know, it's hard as an adult to make friends. But I would suggest, you know, like, hey, get them, get my, you know, take my number down. Just go do whatever your pastime is. Go shooting, have a beer. And have that chance to decompress and that will relieve a lot um that's kind of what helped me a lot was was finding a community of people who are kind of training and kind of focus on on bettering themselves and we'd go and hang out and have some beers and tell you know tell tell you know the stuff that we can't normally talk about because you know you can only hold it in so much um uh, so that's one thing that helped me a lot was was finding a good community of friends um that I was able to, like, I was able to talk to and, like, kind of share those kind of things that you can't really bring up at the dinner table. Um, so yeah. You know, it's just kind of awkward, and you're like, how's your day? I'm like, well, I watched three people die. Uh, you know, not everyone's kind of on that vibe. So I would suggest that. That kind of helped me work my way through it. And then, you know, like, therapy's great. Group therapy works for me because, like, one-on-one, you know, I'm talking to somebody who's never experienced anything. They have a college degree. It doesn't really help me. They're like, oh, have you tried breathing? I'm like, yeah, I fucking do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at it. I'm really good. I haven't died yet. Uh, so, like, <laughs> for me, group therapy was great because now it's like a group of people who kind of experienced kind of the same things. They're all there to try and work through it, you know. Then you can ask somebody, especially, like, for me, talking to veterans who are in Vietnam, you know, like they went through the whole thing and then now they're, you know, much older looking back on their experiences and they're able to tell you like, Hey man, it gets better. And that kind of helped a lot. And, and then, you know, 
take time to take the time you need, you know, that's the other thing, you know, working in those fields where you can't quit because they're like, Hey, you need to do this shift or you have to go out on this mission. You have this patrol, you know, take that breather if you need it. You know, that, that, I think that'll help with burning out as far as exchange sharp on your skills. Um, is just continue training, take those, what the CE credits, you know, and that'll kind of give you some like a refreshment, you know, not only that, it kind of gives you that vigor back because you're like, fuck dude, I had this question about this thing. I took this specific, you know, CD class. And now I know I feel more confident in that and my ability to handle that situation or take, you know, there's a bunch of different classes, take a blending class, you know, something where it's not just static, like it's something where you're doing different things and then you're learning, you're refreshing medical, you're getting a chance to apply it under different circumstances. You know, if you just do the regular CDs, you just do the regular stuff that you have to do, you're going to get bored with hearing the same thing of chest compressions. You're going to get bored of taking vitals and all this shit. So, you know, try and expand your knowledge. And that will keep it fresh because the thing, the beautiful part about medicine is it's so, it's ever changing. Every day there's new standards. Every day there's new data coming out. And it's never going to be the same. You know, you treat three people with a gunshot wound in the same space, you're going to find an exit wound in three different areas, you know, and you're going to have to treat that person, yeah. in, you know, three different ways. Just stay after it. And what helped me, like, kind of with my, you know, transition back after being in the military was, you know, I was helping people. And then in the day, like, I could hang my hat on that. Like, I tried to help somebody, you know. And all the bad shit that happened, at least I tried. At least I was trying to do the right thing and, I was trying to help somebody. And if I made one person, you know, I saved a few lives. And even if I saved one, it was worth it. You know, everything, all the training, all the hardship, all the other stuff, I brought one person home to the fam, you know. And to me, that's kind of something that I think about when I start hitting that wall. Of, Fuck. Yeah, I man. Like, Fuck, dude, I don't know. I don't even remember what I said. I just felt it flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, after that fantastic answer from Dan, I hit the stop button by accident. So here we're back. Um, no, that's that that is huge, man. I feel like one thing that our field lacks historically, but has been recently getting better at, is self care and taking those proactive measures to ensure that you have that you can work a long career or you can continue doing the things that you want to do. And enjoy them because even if you don't do career EMS or career fire or police or whatever, um, if you're exposed to stuff like that in one regard or another, it could still affect your life. And you not, you know, taking the time to address that stuff before it becomes a problem is really whether that's through group therapy, whether that's through um, hit breathing exercises. No, but um, doing stuff, you know, with people who are like minded, creating a group for yourself you know, that can really affect your life. Um, and you know, get things that are worse than burnout. Um, I like severe PTSD. Exactly. You know, that shit's hard to deal with, especially like if you have a family or wife, you know, it's, it's not healthy. Then people bury it with drinking and all this other stuff. And I think, you know, it's a short-term fix for a long-term problem. And like I said, the, the, after I got the military, yeah, the other way around, long-term fix for a short-term problem. Yeah, whatever. Depends on what much you drink. Oh, did you say short-term <laughs> fix for a long-term problem? No, that's okay. Yeah, oh, wait, no, that's suicide. You... <laughs> hey, dude. I mean, yeah, you yeah, drink yeah. No, yeah. Dan got it right, damn it. 
I'm so used to hearing it the other way too that I knew what you were saying, Andrew. I just, yeah, it makes sense. Well, like I said, one of the first communities, like I said, it's like chasing a dragon. Like after you get out of the military, you know, you miss that brotherhood. I tried contracting, didn't work out. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It wasn't the same thing. And then I came back to the U.S. Did did my went to college? Wasn't the same thing. But then. I started training. I started going to the classes and Edmund Atesta was like one of the first classes where it's just a couple of Greek weirdos that were kind of on the same page. And that's like actually what helped me start my whole company was one of the guys in the classes, you know, I was talking about the medical, I showed it to Ed and he put it on this page and my company grew fucking from 200 followers, like 50 followers. It grew all the way up to 3000 in one day. And then- Damn. Yeah. And then all those people, one of the guys in the class, he's like, Hey man, I want you to come do a class in my venue. And I waited. That was my first class I ever taught to to the general public was there. And then that's where I met Jared from ASD Concepts. And we came up with the run the blade, stop the bleed. So, you know, and he was at my wedding. Like a lot of those guys came to my wedding, you know? So like, that's awesome. You can create your own community of like-minded people. You can create people, you know, meet people that do great things and kind of have that breather, have that space where I can share things that I normally can't share with, you know, fucking people in high school who never left their hometown, you know, like how the fuck am I supposed to tell them about people dying overseas, you know, like, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I hope the best for you, man. And like I said, feel free to reach out, dude. I don't. I'm working through it myself. I wish I had more answers for you. I'm working on it myself. And it's different for everybody, you know? Yeah. Well, that that was great, man. I uh, I guess we'll find out from Matt who asked the question. But, uh, yeah, reach out to Dan if you need help, man, with all that. Um, that about wraps it up, man. That's uh, This has been a very fulfilling episode. I feel like we packed a lot in here and got some super good information. Oh, yeah, we really jammed it in. And now we're about and to pull out. Wound packing. Yeah, Stuff just a, yeah, just like wound packing. Exactly. That's what I meant. Um, don't pull out the wound packing unless you're in an OR. Anyway, um, in which case you wouldn't be doing that. But so, Dan, I know you wanted to plug your classes coming up. Yeah. So just real quick, if you go to my Instagram page, or excuse me, Instagram page, or if you go to grizzlymedical.org, we're going to have some more classes posted. Right now we have run the blade stop the bleed in los angeles in upton california and that's going to be at the end of february then we have courses in hollister california and that's going to be with Shimshot, and that's going to be a blended using a gun to defend yourself or in your age to yourself or in your age somebody else so that's going to be a very interesting blended class then we have the cerberus courses coming up in march that's going to be the classes with me, Ryan from Fieldworks, Jared from ASD Concepts, and that's the three-day blended course of medical situational awareness, counter custody, and knife defense. And then in at the end of March, we're going to have a class with Pork Club in Texas, in Lubbock, Texas, and it's going to be just two-day medical. We're going to have some more classes posted on the board. So if you just kind of follow my Instagram or you follow or just go to the website, you'll see the classes posted right now. You guys are getting the inside scoop. We haven't posted them officially, but they're all sent. So yeah, you guys are going to be the first to know. Sick. This is coming out 
literally two days from now. So don't oh, think this is recorded. And it's, yeah, yeah. This is being recorded fresh. And uh, yeah, make sure if you guys aren't following Dan at Grizzly Medical, you do that and stay up to date with the classes if you're interested in taking them. Um, you know, if you're interested in surviving out yeah, there. Surviving anything from happening to you. Because you're just little babies right now, like we all are. Just not just dumb just little floating through the world, to ready to get cut up and bleed out. Babies don't know how to apply a tourniquet properly. Neither do you. So grow the fuck up and buy a grizzly medical. <laughs> buy a grizzly. <laughs> buy buy one, grizzly. I'll take one buy grizzly, one please. grizzly medical. I'll take it, dude, yeah. DM me and we'll figure out a price. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll take Dan. the whole store, sir. <laughs> Uh, only if you could speak in that accent forever. Okay. He's trying. Okay. Okay. I'll be <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think they have um, okay back there. No, but, I don't yeah. think. Okie dokie. I can't speak in that accent, though. Oh, no. I'm not sure thing, try. Bob. Yeah, there you go. That's what yeah, Thanks. Said. Thanks, Andrew. Dan, before we go, we have a tradition on the podcast. We have to ask you, and this is not a question that I had you prepare for. Um, if you had, because we've got some pretty funny ones from people who weren't prepared, but uh, no pressure, not that it has to be funny. <laughs> if you had a piece, he's waiting in anticipation, and I keep redirecting. That's the question. I know, I'm like, I want to fucking know. Dude. Hey, fucking tell me. <laughs> if you had a piece of advice for the people who are listening right now, it doesn't have to be medical related, doesn't have to be gun related, could be related to anything, what would that piece of advice be? Don't die in the street. Don't die in the streets. That's solid Is advice. okay? Yeah. Is what? You know, I tell it to people don't die in the street. And it just means be prepared. Be, not just for gun fights or knife fights or anything like that. You know, drive your car sober. You know, actually have the tools on you. Because the thing is, you can be the best shooter on earth. And if you don't have that gun on you, what to do? You know, people always carry stuff in their car. And my favorite thing to do is I go up to them and I'll grab their arm. And I'm like, go get it now. Because that shit don't help you. And she don't help you. It might as well be on the other side of the earth. And that was my slogan for, I was going to do a tour last year. And it was Don't Die in the Street Tour. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I don't want I don't want your last moments on earth to be some asshole videotaping you, you know. And your family has to see that on the fucking Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Or X Lively. Or, lively, you know. And, you know, and just be a good person, man. Be able to help others. You know, and bring your family home, bring your friends home, bring, you know, if I, like, you know, I don't hope anybody and just be prepared for that moment. Hopefully it never comes, but I'd rather be ready for it. Hell yeah, man. I wish it was funnier. Ah, that's so funny. (laughs) Fuck you. It doesn't have to be funny. I liked it. I liked that a lot, man. That was good. I meant that you need my validation, but I'm giving it to you. I need it. I, that's how I sleep. Well, that's how you're going to sleep from now on. Something you didn't know you needed until now. But anyway, that's, don't make it weird, Jordan. I swear to make it weird. <laughs> Just call Jordan. He'll tell you you're a good boy. Yeah, I'll tell you you're a good boy. You can go you're to sleep. You're going to get 2 o'clock drunk in the morning. Look, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good, Jordan. <laughs> tell, I'm so, tell me I'm good. Am I good? Am I good? Am I good person? Bojack Horseman style. <laughs> Oh, my yeah, God. That's, that's a right. show that's that I, I really about. want to watch. I've never tell watched it. Tell me I'm good. You're going to tell me I'm a good person. <laughs> awesome. Or however. I don't know. Yeah, I don't that know. Was, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. 
Absolutely, um, man. And like I said, dude, the more people who get out and get trained, dude, the more helpers there are. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what I'm here for is just to create more helpers. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I think what you're doing is great. I think you you have a noble cause, even if it's something that you also enjoy and also get paid for. It is. Fair enough. <laughs> if you, listen, if you can do if you can do two out of those three things, you're better than most. Something you enjoy, something that that you are good at, and something that you get paid for. If you can do two of those things, that's great. But you got all three things. It sounds like you really. Oh, enjoy I got it. four, dude. Clearly, my, like I said, it's, for me, it's like therapy. You know, I get a chance to share my stories. Oh, and, you know, and tell people I don't want them to feel the way that I felt. I want you to have your shit on you because in that situation, I only had a tourniquet. I mean, I used to think that was enough to carry on the streets, and then. That guy got stabbed. He got cut from here to here. He cut his breaker artery internally. And when I went to slide the tourniquet on, my hand went inside of his body because the way he was cut. And uh, whatever you believe in, God, faith, you know, whatever you believe in, like, I believe we are where we're supposed to be. And that day, I had a bunch of hemostatic gauze in my car because I was demoing classes. I was going around places saying, hey, can I come teach? Hey, you know, different venues. And I was able to to get to my car and by the time I got back, he was unconscious and I almost lost this guy because I wasn't prepared. And so that's kind of one of the things that I drive home in my classes. Please have your shit on you because, and like, sometimes I'll cry, like I'll tear up because it's that powerful. And I don't want you to be in that position because that was just a random guy in the street. I can't imagine if that was my kid or my significant other yeah, or, or you know, someone I cared about my, you know, and I don't want people to carry that burden. It's a heavy cross to carry. Like we were talking about earlier, the kid and his parents were holding him as he died. You know, I want you to have your shit on you. That's kind of one of the biggest things, you know, bring it back to, we're going to circle back to don't die in the streets, have your shit on you. Don't die in the streets. Don't die in the streets. Don't do it. If <laughs> yeah. you're going to die, do it in your home with all of your blood on the inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. Or choking yourself with your own belt while watching porn. Anyway. I'm not going to add that. That's <laughs> That was a number one dad reference there. Um, Rest in peace, David Carradine. That's a great, that's a great movie. Number one World's dad. Number dad. one dad's fucking dark, man. Yeah. I love that Robin Williams movie. The kid, the, the kid from the fucking Spy Kids movie plays this greasy, porn-addicted child, which, like, relatable. And uh, he... Ch- he uh, chokes himself to death, uh, autoerotic asphyxiating uh, with his belt while while looking at some like nasty niche fetish porn, and his dad by is accident. like, "Yeah, yeah, by accident." His dad is like, "This, I can fix this," and like cleans up the scene, cleans up the scene, and like writes. He's like, he's a failed author turned English teacher, so he writes this like beautiful suicide note. That's like, but it's For like you know. Yeah, for his son, and is like, I found this note with the body. And, like, his son becomes, like, an instant, like, celebrity uh, of, like, you know, on, like, the writing scene or whatever. And so he starts ghostwriting after the fact, after his kid is dead, starts ghostwriting all these, like, uh, uh, journal entries and stuff, and then, like, publishing, and then, like, pretending he, like, found them and then, like, publishing them. And people are like, the pain. The beauty, you know, it's a really good movie, and but it's it's definitely yeah. Robin Williams plays plays the guy. Way to recover from a choking stroke. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I had to save that joke somehow. That's that's the the direction I was going with it, but it just sounded awful. It sounded like I was condoning uh, <laughs> choking yourself to death. Uh, this is why we don't have sponsors yeah. yet, Andrew. I'm sorry. I want to clarify unequivocally: a better way to eat does not condone choking yourself to death. You could probably Only... get a sponsorship from a belt company after this. Yeah. Right. Oh, that bell company that uh, that you you wear when when we were doing the Sierra, yeah, yeah, Sierra, yeah, probably, yeah. Send run them it by this. them, run the run the bit by them. And, <laughs> oh yeah, and see if oh, they like. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we sent them a clip of uh, of Andrew doing a Slav squat while shooting an AK, and it was and a that belt deep was like squat. Yeah, it was on the margins of its performance envelope. I'll say that, <laughs> but there was no crack showing. There was no crack. There was so no much crack. back showing. You're like, there has to be crack. But yeah. There was no well, crack. And it's like, you know how, like, you know, like, because we're big guys, you know how, like, um, oh, yeah. the rolls of your back can kind of, like, like almost look like crack, but it's not your crack it's yet. It's not. Yeah, it's just upper, lower back. <laughs> it's just a little valley. Yeah. Upper, lo- upper lower back. That's what upper it is. Back, yeah. <laughs> upper, lower back. <laughs> just kind of, yeah. it gets me, Yeah. Yeah. But the belt, but the belt held. Uh, it did its job. Hold, yeah. hold, hold door. And so we we hold door. Hold the hold the door. Hold the And for whatever reason, they didn't reshare it on their story like I wanted them to. But but they did. I wonder why. With a laughing emoji. Yeah, they did laugh at it, and he said, "He said, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, Yo, <laughs> fuck next, yeah." That's my belt. Yeah. Next time, show ass crack. Maybe that's what he wants. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, give the people what they want, Andrew. Yeah, they need more thick boy ass crack out there. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Maybe yeah, this goes beyond dad bod, my dudes. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is double, dad. Bod. double dad, double dad, double dad bod. <laughs> this is this is dad bod, but like the limited edition, extra <laughs> version that you get around holidays that people <laughs> save for and they really want to go and beat out rest of the customers before they uh they run out dad bod like i yeah. said he already sleeps like a cherub so i could yes <laughs> yes awesome well dan thank you <laughs> yeah just like that no you know you're sleeping like a mummy it looks like <laughs> my, uh, my sleep hygiene is so good that i can just fall asleep in any situation yeah that's funny as hell. Yeah, I don't know if that if that's good. Anyway. No, it's sleep <laughs> deprivation as well. You might have sleep deprivation. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Do. Do. He does. I'm actually working on uh, getting diagnosed so I can actually get treatment for it. Yeah, hey, get a CPAP. Dude. That shit works. Wait. Or just put an MPA and dude, I'll come over throwing nose hose in you. There you go. Would you really do that for me every night? Oh, yeah. I do it to my friends all the time. Ask anyone who's passed out drunk <laughs> around me. Dude, every time I get congested, if you can hear me right now, I'm, I'm kind of congested. Every time I get super congested to the point where I cannot move air through my nose, I'm like, I can just put an MPA in. Why don't I just put an MPA in? Just sleep. I'll just sleep uh-huh. with it. But I don't think yeah. it works. I don't think you'd be able because it's swelling. I know that. But it, but if it could. Yeah, I've fucking MPA the shit out of people, dude. 100% you could. <laughs> yeah, I've never done it Does it feel like you're trying to swallow something, though? Well, I mean, if you're drunk and it's Saturday night, you're probably already ready for it. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Awesome.
<laughs> well, on that note. Yeah, dude, let me know. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. If you, um, you know, if you ever want to have me back on, dude, we can bring some more, some more of my weird friends and we can have some other conversation. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll do, uh, yeah, we'll do, we'll definitely want to have you on again at some point when, uh, you know, I've got this pipe dream where I would love, man, after meeting everybody in Shot Show, I just realized how much more I want to meet people in person. So, you know, now that our uh, now that our Patreon funds go to us and not one hundred percent to an editor, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe one day we'll fly out to California, take one of your classes, and be able to talk about it on the podcast. Oh yeah! Or if you guys want to fucking host a class, I'll fly out there. That shit ain't nothing to me. That'd be cool as fuck. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll. Uh, I don't know if you could. Oh, you can't see right now, but um, I'm in my my rapey basement. So we'd have to find a new place to, to do a class. Couldn't be here. Yeah, we can talk about it offline. Just let me know, like areas, yeah. and then I'll scout it out. He's gonna people. get off this message and be like, "I want to do it in your rapey basement. I won't do it anywhere else unless it's in your rapey basement." Oh, dude, I've taught classes in, uh, in a, it's not abandoned. It's actually like a live aluminum foundry. I've done classes on the forest in Ukraine and the trenches of the Ukraine and abandoned buildings. Yeah, fair. Classes. Pretty much all the weird places you can think. So like a rapey basement kind of, you know, that'd be, that'd be but, full circle. To be fair, those people were also in Ukraine forests. You weren't, they weren't like paying to come to a rapey basement. Fair enough, Chad. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll talk details. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Dan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really, really Seriously, glad that so you. Uh, no, thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you, Dan. I thank you in the I middle. Saw, so thank was... you. Thank you harder. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to go upstairs grateful. and pee really hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's a flex on your poor wife. <laughs> like, does his dick sound bigger? Was this? Yeah, you sound super confident. What is that? You got a little extra weight in your piss. <laughs> I pee like this every time. Hey, what are you talking about, honey? I'm not trying. This is normal, honey. Why is your face so red? <laughs> Oh, I was doing some push Are you having prostate problems? Yeah, I was watching uh, cops. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this is this is what happens. We never go. People make fun of us at this point because we say, "All right, goodbye, see you later," and then twenty minutes later, we're talking about like dad stuff. <laughs> All right. Go All right, man. Beers. Enjoy. I'm probably gonna have one before I crash. Hell yeah, Andrew. I don't know. Hope your night goes. You're even going to sleep, dude. Dan. He's going to fall asleep. Yeah, do you guys want to do a podcast where you just watch me sleep? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we just. I'm just going to say dirty things until he fucking has a wet drink. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Wouldn't take that much. (laughs) All right, guys. Good night. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. (laughs) Uh, Later, John. It's getting off the rails at this point.